Well, we're starting a new message series this morning. Uh, this is the time of year when we focus on Jesus' birth and what it means for us and for the world. And as I was thinking about what kind of metaphor or theme I might use for the messages during this uh, season, uh, Forrest came up with the idea of using the Christmas carols. And I really like that because songs are such a great memory aid. You know, the the words and the melody kind of get melded together and help us to remember this story. And um, we're starting this series with this Christmas carol that we just sang, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. It's a Christmas carol that was written by Charles Wesley, and as is true of... uh, all of his songs, he, was, he wrote it to teach. And in this particular one, he was teaching about Jesus' birth, what it means for us. He was born a child and yet a king, born to reign in us forever. Uh, he's the hope and the joy of every longing heart. And, you know, we start Advent, uh, which is the four weeks leading up to Christmas, uh, with carols like this one and the one that we sang earlier, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Often they're written in a minor key because they're reflecting this longing, this desire, and this hunger as we are waiting for a Savior to come. And um, we start with these kinds of carols because that's what Advent is. It's a time of waiting and preparation So to get us started, uh, just out of curiosity, on a scale of 1 to 10, where would you rate yourself as far as your ability to wait? Anybody give yourself a 10? Oh, and you're already anesthetic. Yeah, they've already given your anesthetic or whatever. You're knocked out, yeah. How about anybody give yourself a 1? You're the one that gives away the Christmas surprises and peaks, those kinds of things. Not that bad. <laughs> well, in Jesus' day, people had been waiting for a very long time for a Savior. The Israelites had gone hundreds of years um, without a word from God, without any prophetic uh, word, no angels appearing. But they were clinging to the promises that someday God would intervene in history again and that he would rescue them. And these promises, these prophecies, are found throughout the Old Testament. One of them is from Isaiah 7-4. It says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then just a couple chapters later, we read the uh, scripture that Lindsay read to us this morning from Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. And these passages of scripture, these prophecies, were read and repeated over the centuries. Everyone knew them, and the many other scriptures that told about this Savior that was coming, uh, this Messiah. And they waited a very long time for this to come to pass. Uh, Alexander the Great came through their land and conquered it. And then the Romans followed them, and they set up their government, and they were ruling over the Israelites. And it seemed like God would never come through. Then in Matthew, 
And in Luke, we read the story of these things beginning to unfold. There were angel appearances. A virgin conceived. A baby was born in Bethlehem. And one prophecy after another was fulfilled. The wait was over. The Messiah was here. Hundreds of years of silence was broken with the cry of a newborn baby. And, you know, we don't really know um, how much about this baby Joseph and Mary got or understood. Uh, But I wonder if in those first few hours, one or the other of uh, them cuddled him to their tear-stained cheek and said, we've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. The wait was over. And, you know, we have the joy of living the other side of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. So we've experienced his mercy and his goodness. We've been set free from sin and death. Jesus changes everything right here and now. But in many ways, we're still waiting. We're still waiting for that government and the peace that Isaiah spoke of to come in all of its fullness. And, and you know, I, I think this is especially true this Christmas season in our country right now. We recognize that things in this world and in our country are not yet what they're meant to be. Uh, we long for Jesus' reign, for his government, his peace to come. Now, I was thinking about all the division in our country right now as I worked on this message this week. And, and you know, most of the division and the polarization and the anger that we see in our country right now comes from this deep sense that there is a way things are supposed to be. And whichever side of the current political, ideological, theological landscape you find yourself on, you hold that view so passionately because deep down you know there is a way that the world is supposed to be and we're not there yet. In fact, at times it feels like we're going in the wrong direction. But there is good news found in the Bible. And the scripture is clear about this. There is a way it's supposed to be. And the even better news is that the way the world is meant to be is so much more beautiful and good and true and right and just than any political party or government or philosophy or dream uh, can be promised or, or promise made about. When Jesus' kingdom comes... And all of its fullness, and there's no, there will be no rust belt or sun belt. There will be no red states or blue states. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive what is yet to come. When things are as Jesus meant them to be, and Jesus is the king, and he will rule with fairness and justice for all. That's what we're waiting for. This is the kingdom. Isaiah was speaking about in Isaiah 9. We're going to look at that passage one more time. It says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, 
there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Whatever God wants done, he can get done. And, you know, um, there's a very important word in this passage that we tend to skip over because our understanding of it is not nearly as rich as the writer and the hearers of this would have understood it to mean. It's a, it's a Hebrew word, and the, the word is peace. And the child that was coming would be a prince of peace. Isaiah goes on to say that of his government and peace, there will be no end. I like the King James where it says the increase of his government and the peace. There will be no end to, to it. And that word translated here for peace is the Hebrew word shalom. Shalom is a Hebrew noun that refers to wholeness and perfection, prosperity, and, and peace is a part of that. But it's the God's creation as it was at the very beginning. It encompasses God's vision for how he wants creation to function. Shalom is what the world is meant to be. And here's the definition from Strong's Concordance. It's completeness, wholeness, health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfectness, fullness, rest, harmony, the absence of agitation or discord. We're missing the mark. (laughs) We haven't yet experienced. This is what Jesus came to restore. And, you know, shalom um, comes from the root word, which means to join or bind together something which has been separated or divided. And when we speak about our country and our lives falling apart, we're talking about that inward division or that turmoil that's not at rest that is not sound, that is not centered. But shalom speaks about being whole and sound and perfectly at peace with God and in sync with what God is doing. Our our country, our world, isn't what it's meant to be. But when Jesus is allowed to reign in a life, in a church, in a community, in a nation, we experience the life that as it's meant to be. I came across uh, this sign in a Pinterest email I got this week. Caution, this sign has sharp edges. Do not touch the edges of this sign. Also, the bridge is out ahead. (laughs) All the issues that divide are really symptoms and reminders that things aren't what they are meant to be. And while problems like illegal immigrants, terrorism, abortion, the economy are real and painful, the real problem is the bridge is out. We are disconnected from God's shalom, the way things are meant to be. We're missing and should be longing for and praying for the peace that Jesus came to bring. 
and, and talked about just before his death. This is our memory verse for this week. Let's read it together. It's from John, John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. John 14, 27. The peace the world gives is, that Jesus gives is not like the peace the world gives. Uh, Rome came through. They set up their government. They uh, built roads. They brought peace. They were known for the Pax Romana, right? The peace of Rome. But their peace came at the end of a spear. The peace that Jesus gives us is not as the world gives us. And that's what we need right now. So how can we experience Jesus' peace and joy while we're waiting to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace? In your message notes there, we're going to look at three actions to experience peace and joy during Advent. The first thing we can do is pray for peace. Whatever situation you're facing right now that's stealing your peace, stealing your joy, um, you can reverse that by inviting God to have his way and then trusting him to bring his best into your life. Uh, I like this quote from Dallas Willard. It says, Peace is a rest of the will that comes from divine assurance about how things will turn out. When you have God's assurance, everything's going to be okay, then you can have peace. So we go to him and, and we pray. Jesus uh, gave this invitation. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You trust in God. Trust also in me. Uh, he's the source of true peace, and we can experience uh, his shalom, if we'll go to him with our worries and our fears. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 gives us these instructions. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present requests to God. And here's the really cool thing. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, we really need our hearts and our minds to be guarded during this time. And if you'll turn to God, his peace will come and he'll guard your heart and your mind. God, God tells us, uh, pray for yourself. Uh, sometimes people say, I never pray for myself. God says it's okay. His word says we're, we're to pray for ourselves in these kinds of ways. But we're not supposed to stop there. First uh, Timothy 2, 1 and 2 uh, Paul gives us these instructions. And, and when you're reading them, remember that Paul was a Jew under Roman rule. He says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. Isn't that what we want for our lives, for our nation? Peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. And prayer is the starting place to experience that. Pray for peace. Then the second action we can take is after you've prayed for peace, 
Let Jesus' peace rule in your heart. You know, sometimes we pray and we invite God to help us, strengthen us, but then we keep fussing in our spirit about whatever it was that we were praying about, and we just don't let go of it. We don't allow Christ's peace to rule in our hearts. Uh, Paul gives this invitation in Colossians 3.15. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you're called to peace, and be thankful. So I invite you this this Christmas season to to allow the peace of Christ to to rule in your hearts, to trust God's purposes will prevail in your life and in our country. And then the third action to experience joy and peace this Christmas is to make God's kingdom and his shalom visible to others. While you're waiting for Jesus, uh, we need to be aware that someone is waiting for you. Uh, Someone is waiting for you to make Jesus' life, his love, his shalom, and joy known to them. You know, until Jesus comes and sets up his kingdom, we've been entrusted with the work of helping others come to know Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And we've also been given the responsibility of bringing God's well-being and his wholeness to others through acts of mercy and kindness. Uh, You know, uh, the families that we adopt out here is one of the ways that that we are doing that. And, you know, we can contribute to the unrest, division, and polarization in our country. Or we can make the kingdom of God visible to others by loving and respecting one another by being an instrument of peace Jesus Christ is the hope of the earth the dear desire of every nation and more than that he's the joy of every longing heart let's close by singing those words again come thou long expected Jesus born to set thy people free from our fears and sins release us let us find our rest in thee Israel's strength and consolation hope of Loving God, I, I, I thank you for sending your son Jesus that, that we could know peace with you, um, peace with, in our homes and in our families, that we could have forgiveness, that we could be set free from sin, from death, and have the peace of knowing and the assurance that we have life in you that will never end. And, and I pray for anybody here this morning who, who um, if, if there's somebody that hasn't received the life that you came to give them, that they'll uh, open their hearts to that this morning.
And, and I just invite you, if that's you, to pray with me. Lord Jesus, I, I need your peace in my life. I thank you for dying for me on the cross so that I could have forgiveness and peace with God. And I invite you into my life to live in me and to help me to walk in your ways, on your path of peace. We ask these things in Jesus' name.